The Inner Beauty Project, a podcast of a wild woman on a journey of self-love and inner beauty. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the first podcast of The Inner Beauty Project. My name is Maria Calderon. And if you're wondering why I started this project, honestly, it's because I've been through a lot in my life and I've internalized and kept all my pain inside. I used to be one of those women that became invisible, creating an internal fantasy world to escape my reality, showing the world a face that was not my own. And now, after much work and tribulation, I want to be able to express myself and tell my story. And I want to do it the best way I know how, by being an artist, through writing, photography, painting, and even music. And with this podcast, I want to be a storyteller. I want to create my own space, find my own voice, and share what I learned in the hope to connect with others with similar journeys. It's so common to isolate ourselves, disconnect from the collective, and navigate alone in search for happiness. But I no longer wish to be disconnected, mainly because I know there is not such a thing. We are all connected whether we admit it or not. For some of you that might be feeling alone in this journey, I want to tell you that I understand. I've been there. I felt like that most of my life, but I also recognized that it was a choice. A choice I opted for out of fear and to be honest, lack of self-love. The journey has not been easy. It's never easy for anyone, but it's also filled with moments of clarity, show of endurance, and small triumphs. This is life, a collection of memories making up the movie of a lifetime. Each of us has a great story to tell, and I'm very interested in those stories. In every story, I find myself reflected, creating a bridge between my story and the stories of everyone I encounter. I find wisdom in every story, moments of recognition and similarity. We learn from each other. Everyone experience is unique, but the connection lies in our struggles, in the way we cope with adversity, in the way we overcome our circumstances. For me, connecting with women is crucial. I want to encourage my sisters to tell their stories. We need to go back to storytelling so we can share information freely and honestly for once. It will be good for our own growth and for the benefit of future generations of women. We have been told in the past to be quiet, but this too is a choice. We don't have to shout or fight for our voices to be heard anymore. We simply have to tell it. We reach a point in humanity where everyone can be seen and heard and no longer live in obscurity. I'm going to share my personal belief. This is just what my internal inner knowing tells me, and this might resonate with you. We are beings of light, transmitters of energy, and we are all interconnected. It is only the construct of our mind that keeps us from recognizing our unity, divinity, and our own power as creators. We have to recognize that we have free will. We are so free that we can choose bondage. We are so free that we can choose to disconnect. And we are so free, we are free to suffer. It is also my belief that you have to know where you come from in order to know where you're going. So let me start by sharing a little bit about my life. I'm from Nicaragua. It's a beautiful tropical country right next to Costa Rica. It is a very poor country played by works and dictatorships for decades. My family was very poor, although I didn't know it at the time. I remember having a lot of freedom in my childhood. 
My family was big and I had a lot of cousins. We didn't have a lot of toys or possessions, but we had great imagination and free range to discover the world. We were pretty wild. Our life in Nicaragua was not perfect. There was a lot of dysfunction and cultural conditioning, but I remember being happy and I felt that I was part of a tribe. I felt connected and protected. My grandmother was the matriarch of our family. She was the chief of our tribe. She raised seven kids on her own and worked relentlessly to provide for her children. She worked selling used clothing and contraband items in the biggest black market in Central America. She was a hustler and an extremely independent woman. She gained the respect of a lot of men in power in the military and she orchestrated a lot of contraband deals with them. Because of this, she was not very liked by other women, but she always helped single mothers and family members in need. As she got older, she lost all of her contacts. Then the war and the economic crisis got very bad in Nicaragua. She told my mother to save as much money as possible to flee the country. She told her that there was no future for us, to seek out a better life elsewhere. My father had family in San Francisco, so that became the obvious choice, but Canada was also an option. It took about five years to save $1,000, and just to put it into context, the average salary in Nicaragua back then was $2.50 per day. So my mother did everything to make it happen. It was her only focus in those years. With determination, she infiltrated the government and falsified papers for us to get out by way of the Honduras border. There was really no plan beyond that. The main challenge was to find a way to cross the border out of the country. The day my mother decided to leave, she woke us up in the middle of the night and as the oldest daughter, my mom told me to wake up my four little sister and help them get ready. We were not told we were leaving the country. We were only told we were going on a short trip. At first I thought we were going to the beach, as my mother sometimes will surprise us and will wake us up in the middle of the night to drive there in time to make it to the sunrise. She loved the sunrise in the ocean. But as I saw her somber face and I felt that her energy was different, I could feel something was not right. We were not allowed to ask questions, say goodbye to our friends and family, and we left with nothing but the clothes on our backs. It was until we crossed the border to Honduras that I realized that we were not going back. I felt tremendous pain at the realization that I would never see my family again, that I would not play with my cousins, that I would not be able to take care of my grandmother. The journey to the United States was long and dangerous, not different from the stories you hear on the news today. We had to travel by foot, by bus, by train, and many times we survived thanks to the generosity of people we encountered along the way. Many times we were scared, hungry, and cold. My mother had many breaks down, but also many moments of extraordinary strength and tremendous faith. When we finally were able to make it to the United States, we attempted to cross the border illegally, but our attempt was stopped in a very dramatic and cinematic way. A helicopter came rushing towards us. I personally had never seen a helicopter up close, not this one was hovering us, shining a bright light. A voice on a loudspeaker was shouting at us. I didn't quite understand, but it felt threatening. We were terrified. People started running all directions. We managed to stay together until a man grabbed one of my sisters and started running away. My mother and father were about to be arrested, so I took off running after the man. The border patrol yelled at me to stop, but I was not going to let my little sister be taken by this man. 
I ran as fast as I could. I remembered taking my shoes off so I can run faster. As I caught up with the man, I held on to the back of his belt and planted my feet strongly in the ground to try to stop him. But I wasn't strong enough, so he dragged me instead. A dust cloud formed in the desert floor from my dragging feet, signaling the border patrol our location. They came running after us. The men stopped and I grabbed my little sister in my arm. She was crying, holding on to me tight, shaking and traumatized. The border patrol put us all in a van. My mother told my father, Calderon, they're going to deport us. And that meant that my parents might face jail or even worse if they went back to Nicaragua. They started crying in silence. I was extremely scared. So out of nowhere, I started praying Psalm 121, which I had memorized with my grandmother to recite together every time her sons went to war and we prayed for their safe return. It is a prayer for safe passage and protection. And I was chanting it over and over with great fervor like a mantra. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade in your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you, your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I chanted this over and over until I reached a state of trance. The Border Patrol agent stopped the van and looked back at me. I was still chanting and crying. He asked me where I was from and if I was traveling alone. You see, it's very common for children to travel alone to the United States. I told him my name and that I was from Nicaragua and told him the story of our journey. At that moment, my mother realized that I'd been aware of everything. During the journey, my mother tried to make it seem like we were on an adventure the entire time in an effort to ease the tension and the precarious circumstances. She cried at my story, and I could feel her relief, but also great shame for what we had been through. I'm sorry, she said aloud. The Border Patrol took pity on us and said, listen, when we get to the detention facility I'm taking you, you will immediately request political asylum. I will help you. He proceeded to tell us exactly what to say. He was our angel. He was the miracle that I've asked for in my chanting. We asked for political asylum and began a new life in a new country, very different from our own. I often fell out of place and that feeling continued with me for most of my life. The trauma of being disconnected from my tribe, so sudden and dramatic, kept me disconnected for many years. My immigrant story is very common, one of many. We struggled, we were homeless, and I had to go on survival mode at a very young age in order to help my family. I was 11 years old and I had to mature very fast. Little by little, we assimilated to the American culture. As immigrants, we had something to prove. My mother always told us that we had to work twice as hard to survive and become worthy of our place here. The thing is, I never got out of a survival mode. And even when I had reached a level of safety and security and even success, I was still on survival mode. For some of you that are immigrants or the children of immigrants, you know what I'm talking about. Immigrants have a disconnect. 
we will work to the bone out of fear of failure. You see, failure is not an option for us. Sheer determination is what got us here in the first place. This survival mode in combination with the constant pressure of society that we must be successful in the eyes of others was the culprit of all that was wrong in my life. So in my 20s, I became all the roles expected of me, wife, mother, daughter, sister, and I forgot who I really was as a woman. This existential angst manifested itself in my 30s in sickness, chronic pain, and later in a very deep depression. For 10 years, doctors could not figure out what was wrong with me. They could only treat the symptoms, and that led to an addiction to opioids and even a suicide attempt. When a doctor at Stanford finally diagnosed me with level 4 endometriosis, I was able to get surgery to relieve the pain. That took care of my body, but was left with the original condition, my deep depression. I knew the depression had caused all of my illnesses, and I needed to find a way out. I was determined not to repeat the same cycle. At first, it was very hard and confusing because I was a hardworking, highly functionally depressed person. I resisted my depression, but it was rooted in shame because I had no reason to be depressed given that I had what appeared to be a good life, and that made me hide it from my friends and family. I didn't realize that my depression stemmed from the trauma of separation from my country, and I had felt abandoned and never got to grieve this trauma. I didn't allow myself to cry for the loss, to get angry, to forgive myself. Instead, I buried the pain deep, unable to understand where the pain was coming from. This affected my life in many ways. My people-pleasing tendencies led me to have superficial relationships with people that I allowed take advantage of me. These relationships fed my insecurities and I kept me from growing. It wasn't until I started opening up and connected to my closest friends that I started releasing some of the dark emotional state I had put myself into. As I learned to love myself more, I started attracting kind and non-judgmental friends that were supportive and patient, never taking, only giving. They were my first teachers on how to receive and helped me understand that I was worthy of unconditional love. In other words, they loved me at my worst so I can make room to love myself. They would help me heal from the separation from my tribe and become the tribe I had longed for. I will be forever grateful for these angels these companions in my journey. I now understand that connection is key for the human soul. Connection is the space that allows for healing and growth. Connection is our natural state of being, rooted in gratitude and love for the self. For it's being in love with the self that we learn to be in love with the all. So this is why, this is my why. I finally come to a place of clarity. I worked so hard to embrace my shadows and become whole. From here on, it's a leap of faith. It's all about a new journey, one with less baggage and more self-confidence. I still have a lot to learn. I still have a lot of demons to slay, but I'm no longer afraid. Life is never ending journey of beginning and endings, but I have better understanding of life purpose now. This is why I'm reaching out to all of you, to share your stories with me, to connect in an intimate level and see ourselves in each other. We are no longer separated, you and I, for separation is only an illusion. My life story has led me to my life's purpose, which is to be present in each moment and make every encounter matter. 
to reconnect with my tribe and go in this journey together, to be loved, but also to be love. Never forget, we are explorers, curious beings with an insatiable thirst for knowledge. We love novelty, wonder lost and discovery. We are forever expanding and changing. This excites me. This gives me hope. I am currently in love with uncertainty and I trust a higher intelligence to show me the way. I am being guided and I have all of humanity to reflect the light and the dark aspects of myself. I am no longer lost and alone. I never was, but I now on the path. I see myself in everything and everyone. I know that strength is also asking for help. Courage is also self-acceptance and abundance can come in many forms outside of the material. I'm excited to see where this project will take me. I'm going to surrender to the process and bear my heart open. It's time. It's time for me to become all that I want to be. I will ask you for your help in keeping me accountable for my dreams. I want to grow as a storyteller, finish my book, and learn to play guitar. I've been wanting these things for a year, and I no longer want to keep myself from the things I want. I'm excited to share my journey, and I'm happy to have all of you as witnesses. This is my story, and now is our story, one that I will write with all of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for connecting. And thank you for being part of my story. Project Podcast, hosted by Maria Calderon. Please subscribe and share with us any comments, or follow us on Instagram at The Inner Beauty Project. Thank you for tuning in, and blessings on your journey.